0: Well, good morning. Glad you all are lively this morning. It's good to be together. <laughs> we, uh, for those of you who came last week, um, we were really blessed. Uh, we were the host church to wrap up the, um, the county fair, and so we had worship in, in the um, fair auditorium, and it, it was fantastic. It was also really nice to see both the 9.30 service and the 11 a.m. service uh, collectively together. Um, the the 9:30 service this morning um, was was an all-time record. Uh, I was <clears throat> told between the two services, so that was awesome. We actually had to add more chairs in the back. So we are glad that you're here. And God is moving. Um, want to jump in right away? We're we're starting a new series this week. Um, it's a six-week series, and uh, we just want right now. Want you to s- just stop and pause. Whatever's in your mind, put it aside because what we're going to talk about over the next six weeks is very specific to you. It's specific to how God has wired you, the temperaments that he's given you, and what he wants to do through those temperaments. So just put it out of your mind, whatever it is, and and focus. And over the next six weeks, you're going to have an opportunity to get connected with um, the things that God has wired you with. Um, He was known as the quiet beetle, uh, George Harrison. And in 2003, his final song, this was two years after he died, was launched by his son, Danny. Uh, and the song was titled, Any Road, and it, it goes something like this. You may not know where you came from. You may not know who you are. You may, not even, you may not even have wondered how you got this far. I've been traveling on a wing and a prayer by the skin of my teeth and the width of my hair, with the thoughts in my head, with the dark and the light, no use to stop and stare. And if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. George Harrison's life obviously was filled with success. He was a Beatle. But it was also filled with some challenge, and being a Beatle came at a price. So he spent most of his life searching spiritually. He had some ups and downs, lost some of his music rights, lost some bands. His best friend uh, took his wife and got married to her. He battled drug addiction. He battled cancer, which eventually took his life. And later in his life, he said this, sometimes I feel like I'm actually on the wrong planet. It's great when I'm in my garden, but the minute I go out of it, I think, what the heck am I doing here? And for centuries and from the beginning of time, Men and women throughout history have searched for this thought. What is my purpose? Why am I here? What am I doing here? Do I I really connect with people? Are people really connected to me? Does my work matter? Does my life matter? Am I happy? Why am I not happy? And sadly, this thought goes through somebody's head every day. Am I loved? And do I really love anyone? So for the next six weeks, we're going to be going through the purpose in our life and how our hardwiring begins to answer some of those questions. But as we begin this morning, let me just level set with this. If you had to pick a word that you think describes our purpose out of the Bible, out of what God has said, what would that word be? Is there a word on your, on your mind, on your heart that would say, yeah, this is basically the whole premise in a word. So God has laid that out, actually, and the word is, is love. And so it's, it's really broken down into two things. It's broken down into be loved and to love. To love and to be loved. Love is our soul purpose. And you might look at it this way, love is also our soul's purpose. And those two thoughts are inextricably linked from the beginning of the Bible to the end and through our lives in between those pages as we join God's story in the Bible. To love and to be loved. Why are those two important? Because in order for us to truly connect with God and His nature, We are made in His image. He has made us to love. Express love, show love, encourage love, be love as God is love. But the second one is is equally important, and we don't talk about it a lot. And that is the purpose to be loved. Remember what Peter said to Jesus, you'll never wash my feet. Why not? Because I'm not worthy of that. Yes, you are, and your feet are going to be washed. (laughs) So some of us struggle in that. I, I can't focus on being loved because I have too much loving to do. I owe somebody something. If you really knew my life and how messy it was, you would know that I owe a lot. Well, praise God for Jesus because he wiped that out and said, no, 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 no. You're here to also be loved. And so... If, if you looked at that, love is our sole purpose, and you, and you read about it in the Bible, you would read things like this, and this is going to sound really familiar to you. All men will know that you are his if you love one another. John 13, 35. Love your neighbor as yourself. Mark 12, 31. We love because he loved first. 1 John four nineteen. Love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, and with all your strength. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six, 36. And the list goes on and on and on. In fact, over 500 times in the Bible, depending on which translation you read, you read the word love and you find out about the word love. God is love. And God has created us to love and to be loved. And that is our purpose. And that's our experience. In fact, it's not just in the church It's not just with God. The world is looking for love. It's been estimated by music experts that two-thirds of the songs ever written are about love or border the idea of love. Here's a few. Crazy Love by Paul Anka, 1958. Can't Buy Me Love by The Beatles, 1964. Love is in the Air, John Paul Young, 1978. I'm All Out of Love, Air Supply, And I see those rockers in the room, those air supply fans. That's right, a little air supply. Um, Saving All My Love for You, Whitney Houston, 1985. And my favorite, Jesus Stole My Girlfriend by Violence Soho in 2010. Now you say, well, that isn't about love. It is. There's some rocker who lost his girlfriend to Jesus. She fell in love with Jesus, and that's kind of a cool love song you would think that you would have had enough of silly love songs. But I look around me and I see it isn't so. Some people wanna fill the world with silly love songs. And what's wrong with that? There's so much attention on love. There's so much written, there's so much seeking, there's so much thought and pondering. Every day, whether you think it or feel it or can say it or not, you're wondering, am I loved? Am I giving love? Am I loving enough? And, and it's what makes us. It's how God has wired us. Love either puts a hole in us or it leaves us feeling whole. Three most important, perhaps, words in the Bible strung together. God is love. 1 John 4, 19. God is love. If God is love, and I'm trying to connect and figure it out, it's probably important that I understand God's love. It's probably important. In order for me to love fully and to fully be loved, if I don't know God who is love, I'm going to limit that. And in fact, when we all do this, and we all do this, when we put love in place of God's love, we start to hurt and wonder and sway and swagger and flail and wonder, what am I doing here? Love is our purpose. I love what uh, David wrote in Psalm 37, verses 3 through 7. Have faith in the Lord and do good. Be at rest in the land and go after righteousness. So will your delight be in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. Put your life in the hands of the Lord. Had faith in him and he will do it. And he will make your righteousness be seen like the light. And your cause, your purpose, like the shining of the sun. Take rest in the Lord, waiting quietly for him. Do not be angry because of the man who does well in his evil ways. We could talk for the next hour about that passage. There is so much packed in there that God wants us to have our heart's desire. But when our heart's desire becomes the desires of our self, then our heart's desire is not going to find love. And, and and you've been there. I've been there. And when we get off track, it's because we take some other object of faith and we put it in the middle. And then we start comparing ourselves with whatever it is that we put in front of us. And, and that's when we start to wonder. And that's when we start to go astray. But he says our purpose, our purpose is to love. And so 95 years ago this week, um, Eric Liddell, who broke the 400-meter world record and won the Olympic gold medal, was wrestling with this same thought. And in his life, he came to a point where he was close to Christ and his sister, and he had decided they're going to go to China and they're going to evangelize China. They're going to be a part of God's movement. And they decided to do that. Eric came to a pinnacle point in his life Do I run to China, or do I take God's gift and run for me? It was captured in the 1993 Academy Award-winning film, Chariots of Fire, and here's the pinnacle scene in the movie. God made me for a purpose. He made me to give Him glory, but He also made me fast, and when I run, I feel His pleasure. Let me ask you a question. What has God gifted you with? And inside of that gift that you feel his pleasure in, are you torn? I'm here this morning to tell you that you don't have to be torn. Whatever God has wired you with, he wants to work in you. He wants to work through you. He wants to work to you so that glory goes back to him for what he's wired you with. And you say, well, I get filled up in, in, in God if, if I'm serving, if I'm, If I'm out serving meals, I get filled up. Well, fantastic. That's your gift. That's your gift of serving. And others might say, you know what? When I'm alone and my nose is in the Word and it's early in the morning and nobody else is around, I'm completely filled up. Congratulations, you're an intellectual. You go deep into God's Word. And others say, I'm most close to God when I'm not in here. When I'm out in nature, I'm taking a walk. Well, fantastic. You're a naturalist. And so in your handout today, there's an overview of the next five weeks, which is we're going to walk through the temperaments to which God has wired us. And those aren't made up. They, they've come out of uh, Gary Thomas's book, Sacred Pathways. But we've looked at these and we've said, you know what? They match up because when you see the people in the Bible, you see different temperaments. And in that handout, there's specific and practical things that you can do. And we'll talk a little bit later about an assessment that you can take. But the whole point of it, like Eric Lydell, is how do you feel God's pleasure? And is, is God in that pleasure? Are we, if we're all thinking alike, someone's not thinking, right? If we're all thinking alike, someone's not thinking. And if we're not careful we can become churches, we can become groups or small groups, and we all look alike. And so back in March and April, we actually did a survey. Does anybody remember taking the survey here on the west side? Okay, so we've been waiting for the right moment to say, here's some ideas that you said out of that survey. So here's a few. I'm not going to go through the whole survey, but here's a few thoughts. 24% of you have been here less than a year. Many of those 24% have been only walking with Christ for a short period of time. 38% of you are in a life group. 96% of those who attend the West Campus of Sherwood Oaks recommend this place to a family or friend. That's awesome. That is fantastic. That's why we're here. We took note on this one. 59% of you said that you would spend more time, more than an hour a week, serving Here, if you are asked. Now, I have to say that's exciting. That's that's a a fantastic uh, number. 47% of you said that you would like to spend more time in the Bible or in group study. It's a high number. 44% of you said, I desire more time in prayer to learn and be taught and go deeper in prayer. All of those are fantastic. Those are really good things. And John and the staff are taking this and trying to figure out where's our focus, where can we point all of this, and what people group can we serve here on the west side. And we all want to go deeper in, in, into ministry. One of my favorite parts of the survey was this because there were written comments in the survey. Some of you said, the music is perfect. Others said, the mu- music is too loud. Others said, the sermons are great. Others said, the sermons need to go more in depth about the Bible. We love the AMVETS facility. When do we get to leave the AMVETS facility and go to another church? And it goes on, which is great because what that does is it validates the fact that we are not all alike and the fact that we worship in different ways. We look for God in different ways. And And we shouldn't be made to feel guilty about that. The predominant conversation that took place in the survey was this. I know when I come here, I come as I am. Come as you are. Those words were the first words written with the eight people who started here on the west side. And that message came back out. So what does it tell us? It tells us that we need to be flexible. It tells us that we need to value different forms of worship. Because if we're not careful, we can create churches that all look alike. And unfortunately, there are thousands of churches this year are closing their doors. Many of which because they've tried to create a single viewpoint of God. So let me play this out for a minute. Let's say that you're in a, you're in a small group, right? You're a life group. And maybe you're, you're a new person to the life group or you're younger in the Lord. And, some, and the life group leader says, how do you connect with God the most? In what ways? And you say, why actually connect with God when I'm not here the most? When I'm taking a walk by myself and I'm just enjoying nature, I'm enjoying God's pleasure and I'm filled up and I'm praying to him and I'm understanding he's made this amazing place for me to walk. And the leader looks at you and says, well, that's the biggest cop-out I've ever heard. Church is done in a church building. And unless you are on your knees between the hours of 6.15 and 6.45 a.m. and you're reading three books out of the Old Testament, two books out of the New Testament, and either a psalm or a proverb, then you're really not in worship, dude. And, and the person who says, I, not, I'm embarrassed now. now. Now I don't know if I belong here. Maybe I need to go find another place, or worse yet, maybe I don't find God here at all. One of the saddest, saddest moments in my ministry life was we were, we were putting students in a position on campus to say, go share your faith, go share your faith, go grab a person, bring them to the study. And a guy comes to me day, one day in tears and says, I can't be a Christian. I'm not like you. I'm not like the next person. I'm not a 300 hitter. And so I, I don't think I belong to this thing, this God thing. Broke me down. Broke my heart. Wondered, what have we done? And sadly, for we're honest, this happens, and it happens here. And it happens at the East Campus or the Bedford Campus. And we we have this feeling or this picture of what it ought to be like to worship God and what your quiet time ought to be like. And it doesn't work for everybody. And you say, well, why well, find myself closest to God when I'm a fishing boat? Well, then go be in a fishing boat. And know the difference between what you want to go do, that it's the love in your life that you've put up on a pedestal, and does that love draw you closer to God. That, there's a difference there, and I'm not going to tell you what that is. You and God have to figure that out. So we are wired and we are welcomed into God's family, and that's how we're doing it. I can tell you our vision at Sherwood Oaks, growing generations of Christ-led influencers. That's our goal, because not everybody connects the same way, and so we're not, we're not going to force that. The Bible says that the church is like a body, that there are toes and noses and ligaments and tendons and hands and feet, and Jesus is the head, and no part is unnecessary. All parts are equal, all parts should be loved, all parts are to love and through love. so. If you're here this morning and you say, well, I don't, really, I don't really think I fit into a ministry mold because I don't have a background, I don't have a degree. Well, welcome to the club. Very few do. But if you're sitting here thinking, I am not that useful to God in his kingdom, then you are listening to a lie and the evil one is lurking around the corner to tell you you're not worth it. You're not doing enough. You've done, you've done some things that are so bad and so wrong that you, you don't even deserve to be in this room. Please, please, please do not believe that lie. The hand of the Almighty God has created you, has wired you with a very specific gift and a temperament. He has washed whatever it is that you've come in here with this morning away, white as snow. Clean slate, go forward, move toward what God has. So, over the next few weeks, we're going to be going deeper into this discovery. We're going to be looking at how we're wired. Um, this uh, book, Sacred Pathways, is available at the bookstore, right, Janet? It's available online. You can you can get it. You should look at it. But there's some resources listed at the in the back of your bulletin, and at the bottom there is a URL. And that URL takes you to a self-assessment. It's it's basically a series of about 20, 25 questions. it take you about 10 minutes. And after you take it, you get an email, and it says, here's generally what your temperaments are. You should look at that. You should pray through that, and you should really think about, how has God's hand wired me to do His work? How has God wired me to love and to be loved. So take a look at that this week um, and spend time on it. And we are going to go deeper over the next few weeks into each of those temperaments and see which ones connect. So if you take that assessment this week, it'd be helpful um, as you come back. When we see um, the life of Jesus, we, we see that He chose different people to be His disciples, right? He chose the original 12, You had a couple of fishermen, you had a doctor, you had a religious zealot it was a tax collector, and there was a traitor. What a cast of characters. And and that was the new way forward that God said, we are going to do something new that has been spoken about from the beginning. We're going to do something new, and here's who we're going to do it with we probably fit in there somewhere. Whatever that temperament might be, it has nothing to do with your status. It has nothing to do with your income. It has nothing to do with what you like to do. It has everything to do with what God has wired you to be and to do. Praise God for how he made you and what he made you to go do. And well up in that.